0: Welcome to the Scariest Things Podcast, your gateway to the trends and tropes of the horror genre. Today, we have a podcast extra special. We have a, uh, a guest, uh, Tim Schekmeister, who was uh, the director of a, uh, a, a neat little short film that we just saw at the Portland Horror Film Festival. And I am, of course, this today I am joined by... Mike Campbell. Along with now our guest...
1: Tim Schackmeister. Tim. Tim. thanks Howdy,
2: guys. Hey. Thanks. How are you guys doing? Hello. Hello. <laughs> question doing, mark. Yes.
1: We're doing great. I put great. a question
2: mark at the end of my title because <laughs> I'm that guy. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: So we, we are in the middle of uh, sort of festival season. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And uh, just a little bit of background for those of you who haven't gotten involved with Portland Horror Film Festival and For listeners of this podcast, I don't know why you wouldn't be because uh, they are one of our favorite... festivals and we we we're the best
1: let's let's be honest they are the best festival in north america (laughs) well (laughs) hands down
0: it is if you're looking for horror shorts yes and And they
1: wrap they wrapped up on august 5th right yeah so 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 tim's tim short is in particular fresh in our brains
0: yes it is and uh you can check out we've got a whole series of reviews for a lot of the feature films uh available now uh i think we've got um red snow and uh, I'll qu- Red River know.
1: Road the stairs uh, some very strange Mar-a-M-Eld. some yeah. strange Malaysian zombie films yeah uh,
0: well, I, I will give you know, the, uh, hats off to Malaysia for yes. giving it the old college try. that's right they've got that's the, right. I think uh, want to see more Malaysian stuff uh, is still outpacing them by a good uh, good
2: 50 meters here
1: so Tim how, how, how much of the festival did, did you get to personally take part in?
2: I got to see the entire shorts block that I was a part of, and, and okay. I'm incredibly grateful for having been able to be there. And then I saw the stairs, uh, which I believe was the only feature that was um, appended to the shorts block. Uh,
1: yeah, for that day. For that yep, day, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. It was which was of, so much fun. It was. I mean, it was a delightful movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, yeah.
0: it was. Uh, the the prop the the wiggly maggot baby the grub
1: the grub over. the grub baby yeah
0: that was so <laughs> when that showed up it was scarier like, than oh. the grub man yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, it yeah that thing it, it, it was yeah and if you want to
1: see if you want to see a picture of Eric and I co parenting the grub baby you can look on the website and look at our review of the stairs and you will see pictures of us it sounds like a rom com amazing <laughs> um. co parenting and a grub baby <laughs> I mean, grub and baby. a grub um, so well that's good
2: though you you did get to spend a little bit of time at the, at the festival yeah. kind was, of see what so, it was I mean, all I, about? Well, it's the first festival that I actually really got to attend in this process. Um, mm-hmm. I had thought about um, the only other one that uh, Hello! had a live screening at was uh, the Houston Horror Film Festival, which I did not get to to. So, okay, okay. I was really grateful to be able to see it in person with an audience, and the Hollywood theater is just an absolute gem. I mean, it's, it's, it's so beautiful, and it's was amazing to see at the, the crowd that the festival gathered for, you know, a Sunday afternoon. I was blown away.
0: With the Delta uh, COVID sneaking (laughs) (laughs) around.
2: uh, (sighs) Yeah. Still kind of hovering. Yeah.
0: Right. So we had the, the, the festival actually had uh, a streaming component and a live component. um, Right. And, uh, you know, I think we're not, we're not back at full strength yet. I think uh, keep, keep submitting as you, as you develop your films, you know, I think uh, Gwen and Brian they they are loyal to their favorite uh, successful shorts directors and Heck yeah. uh, so you know w- when you get a chance to submit one where you can get the full house, which is normally what you see at the Portland Horror Film Festival. It is yeah where you get sure. you know three hundred and fifty people packed in four hundred folks in the uh, on the audience. That is mm. that that's an adrenaline rush for for uh, anybody who gets to you know we I think Mike and I have gotten to be on stage doing. We were interviewing Mick Garris. Yeah. Uh for Oh, uh, right on. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gave him gave him a lifetime achievement award. And so we so, you know, some of those kinds of fun events they, they didn't get a chance to do this year, but uh fully expecting that next year we'll be uh back in the uh in in the packed house mode. And yeah. Uh yeah, you know, and then and we you know, I guess it will feel more like a marathon, because I'll tell you, they 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 went nine days this year. Whew, yeah, uh, including it was a the streaming lot. Yeah, was a lot. Wow! So, uh, normally it's like a
1: four-day process. Let's talk Tim Schekmeister.
2: Yeah, man, <laughs> no, you don't have to I mean, like, I, 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 I want to know. To, know I all had the time of Tim. my life at that festival. It was so so wonderful to have been there. So, and it was just awesome to get linked up with you guys. I still have my beautiful lanyard, with you guys, so <laughs> lovingly right. designed and, and sponsored. Yeah, we so, we, yeah. We, uh, we we
0: we
1: shielded for uh, yes Portland Horror Film Festival this year. They, they got to do it. We got to a little, do it. little promotional work. Yeah. Um so Tim okay. what, what is it what what's your what's your background? How did you get it, how did you, how did you get involved with film and uh, uh not having seen your other cuz I know you have done a couple other shorts uh are they I have. are they are they horror horror adjacent uh, specific to Yeah. Four?
2: Um they are. So yeah, I, I I mean I didn't really get going with movie stuff until after college. Okay. Um, I uh began by, you know, I graduated with a, a BA in linguistics and I okay. realized that I wasn't going to be an academic and <laughs> I had to really pivot hard and yeah. I was in the Bay area, uh, which, which, is where I'm from. And just serendipitously, I don't even remember how I got clued into this, but there was this, uh, this really kind of, uh, grassroots web-based video making club called Scary Cow Productions that this really entrepreneurial guy um, put together where he gathered like several hundred people at an art gallery in San Francisco. And he said, look, what I want to do is divide people. um, You know, these were all adults ranging in ages from, you know, I was probably at the bottom end and there were people all the way up to their 70s. And he said, "I want to divide you into crews of about eight people based on geography. You know, so if you were from the South Bay or from the Peninsula or from the North Bay, you'd be clustered together, and we would crew for each other and shoot shorts. And um, oh, cool. at the end of a given time period, we would all get together in this theater in the Mission District and screen our projects for each other, and then we would just have this contest. I mean, it would be sort of a party, and like, uh, you know, we would have a paper ballot." Oh, that's and the awesome. people who won the sort of the round for that, you know, I guess it was like a seven or eight week period would then get a small budget based on everybody's dues to make their next project. Oh, wow.
1: And that's it was brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, it and really know, And is. it worked
2: so, so well. So the first assignment that we had was to make a fake trailer for a movie that didn't exist. So <laughs> This
1: is the... My,
2: uh, this is the Tarantino. The Robert Rodriguez you, Tarantino. Basically, yeah, Tarantino, yeah, exactly. Robin like, um, yeah. He did that for Sin City, right? Or Robert Rodriguez did that for Sin City? Uh, yeah, well, uh, no,
1: Grindhouse. Uh,
2: Grindhouse. Yeah, the
1: Grindhouse. Or Grindhouse, right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, it was, I mean, I was stunned at how well it worked and, and how much fun it was. I mean, the camaraderie was just amazing. And that really convinced me that that was what I guy. wanted to do. Nice. Yeah, you know, and so. Um, I applied to UCLA's graduate directing program. I started that in the fall of 2007, um, made some shorts there. And then in 2010, um, the, the way that the feature screenwriting classes worked at UCLA was that because there were actual screenwriting graduate students, uh, you had to uh, compete to get into the feature screenwriting class. You had to pitch your, your feature concepts to anybody who was teaching a section in which you would you actually do a, a feature writing class and in 2010 one of the visiting professors was scott kosar who wrote the machinist and mm. the texas chainsaw reboot and yeah yeah um, i think the amityville reboot too yes and yeah. anyway he's just the man i mean just the greatest guy and i got into his class um pitching a horror concept i, I pitched <laughs> this idea of like a kind of John Carpenter style, um, monster siege of like, a, a, a monster that besieges a, a slaughterhouse in Texas. Oh, um, and so Scott, uh, you know, it's, it's hard not to just be overawed by the guy. I mean, his craft is just absolutely second to none. And, you know, I, I tried to get as much out of that, that, that process as I could. Um, and, and we've kept in decent touch over the years, but you know he was kind of what made me feel like horror was native for me and so my thesis film as a director was a short horror film that i called viral um that i finished at the beginning of 2012 and i sold to sony screen gems um and yeah so the feature adaptation of that went through like a long uh, weird odyssey that uh, i won't bore you guys with but um In any event, where it left me was needing to make another short several years later. So, um, you know, I I have kept in touch with my UCLA classmates ever since. And one of the things that was really awesome about UCLA's directing program was we all crewed for each other. I mean, we just really felt really um, comfortable with the idea of being able to play any position and and to come together and to make something extremely small. But that felt, you know... uh, professionally produced and, and complete. Um, and so uh, one of my classmates had put together, kind of resonating with this thing about Scary Cow Productions, a, a working group of some of us UCLA students, former UCLA students, to make shorts again. You know, uh, she was like, look, we used to do this with each other all the time. It was really fruitful. Why don't we start this up again? Right. And so we started to, like, we were just gearing up for our first in-person meeting in March of 2020. Uh, And then obviously,
1: let's
2: just, yeah, you can make that sound all day. Um, We, it it really just, man, oh man, it was like when in the cartoons, when like a hot air balloon gets a pin (laughs) in it and just like flies around (laughs) and crashes. And uh, so we we did keep in touch on Skype and I had initially had a much more ambitious ambitious short in mind that I had like written and workshopped with you know, um, my, my friends, you know, from UCLA and, and I was like going to have some of them crew on it and that just wasn't going to happen. So, um, I went back to the drawing board and I dusted off a concept that I wanted to work on for a really, really long time, which was this.
0: Yeah. Well, let's which, talk about um, that. As yeah, I cause yeah. Cause it's, this
2: is, it's uh, hello. Hello. Yeah. It's hello. We've well, we arrived it's at the present. Hello? Yeah. So it's <laughs> hello. <laughs> <laughs> click, click. Hello. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's funny. I mean, that, I, I have to say that the the real honest-to-God genesis of, of that title and of the project itself is like, I'm this huge sucker for analog technology. And, right, and there's yes. a, I have a ton of nostalgia for it. And so one of the things that I'm most nostalgic about is the fact that we used to pick up the phone not knowing who was on the other end, right. <laughs> right? And the first thing that we would say was "Hello," you know. I mean, it was this weird,
1: <laughs> so you're not that, sort of. It was a crapshoot. You're not that young. It was <laughs> right. a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah. Right. No. No. No.
2: I would never, never pretend to be a young person. Yeah, no. Well, um, that, yeah.
0: Well, I, I think let's let's do a little a little uh, synopsis uh, for for our audience who has not gotten the opportunity sure. yet to see uh, "Hello." Because uh, it, it is, a,
1: it's a, it's a fascinating premise. It is, and and one that I actually, I, I, I will admit, after I, I when I got home that night from the Portland Horror Film Festival, I went down the Florence Lawrence uh, rabbit mm-hmm. hole. Oh, awesome! Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, I, I was still confused when I left the theater about whether it was real. Right.
2: Right. Exactly. That was it. You saw a documentary. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, honest to goodness, it's it's a it's an amazing. Uh, you know, the the story of going back to analog technology i'm also a sucker for silent film i mean for really the origins of the moving image and um florence lawrence is her her life and her tragic demise were really the touchstone for this movie um she was the first movie star in film history she was a canadian-born actress who started out on the stage like everybody else did in the silence era and really only kind of dipped her toe in movies as a kind of side hustle when theater acting was not mm-hmm. in the boom time for her personally. Um, but she very quickly just took to it like a duck to water. And she started out in movies in before the 19 teens. So 1906, 19- right, right. 1907. And what that meant was it was a time when literally movie actors didn't get screen credits. And, right. you know, there, it, there was not, not only no such thing as a movie star, there wasn't even such a thing as a movie actor. But she became so popular by face recognition alone that fans demanded to know who she was. Right, right. And it didn't take long for movie producers to understand that it was actually stupid to try and keep actors anonymous and they could make more money by turning them into superstars. Yeah. I yeah. And Florence was, you know, she was at the vanguard of that. Right.
0: I, I find it fascinating because it's not like, uh, you know, that the, certainly opera and, 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 uh, stage, stage dramas had, you know, there was plenty, plenty of that to go around that, that there were, there were stars who people would come to see for musical performances and dramatic performances for sure. and that, and that, and that, uh, the motion pictures hadn't, hadn't grasped that concept yeah. until, you know, the, 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 late teens, uh, until
2: they were forced to, yeah, right. <laughs> isn't and then, that amazing?
1: And then, When did, when did you first, when did you first become aware of her? Was it like in film school or was it just
0: because
2: of the haunted apartment? (laughs)
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no, I,
2: I I woke up from a dream one day. Um, Yeah, no, I, I, that's a great question. I think that I probably got, I went down a kind of general, um, movie rabbit hole with, um, there's a film historian named Daniel Blum who, uh, made these, these two books that are from I think the seventies. One of them is called The Pictorial History of the Silence, and the other, he followed it up with The Pictorial History of the Talkies. Huh. There are these beautiful coffee table books that are sort of like scrapbooks mm-hmm. that track through pretty much every single year of the moving image. So it starts in the late 1890s, and um, they, it, it clocked the kind of um, early the film companies, the Vitagraph and the Biograph companies, which were like really the first major institutions in the U S to commercially produce entertainment movies. Um, and Florence's pictures are all over one of the early, the early, um, pages of, of his pictorial history. And I got those at a garage sale somewhere. (laughs) And I think that that must've started it probably like 10 years ago. And I've always just been like, as a story, as soon as I heard it, I thought, isn't this unbelievably emblematic of Hollywood itself? It's just like, you know, to, sorry to spoil things for your listeners, but sure, sure. You know, Florence ended up, you know, her career really did crest kind of before the end of the silent era. Right, and right. And by the, by the talking era of the 1930s, she really was uh, largely doing bit parts um, for Louis B. Mayer ended up extending what, you know, he probably thought was a generous offer, which was to pay old silent movie stars, a small stipend, a weekly stipend to appear as extras in his movies. Right, right, right. Um, so this is this this the, the 19- of MGM? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, Louis V. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of Florence Florence's home for most of the 1930s. Right, right. She had right. had a set of health problems that were really, uh, you know, increasingly debilitating as time went on. Right. Um, and she sadly ended up taking her own life in the yeah. late 1930s. Yeah. Um, right, which is central to the story, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's really all of the above is in the short film Ella. Yep. And, yeah. um, you know, you know, to, to spoil a bit of the plot of that um, for your listeners as well, there was an early version of the script for this short where the main character in, in the script, her name is Violet, although in the movie itself, you never actually hear her name. Yeah. Um, but our, our actress lead um, to, you know, to cycle back to the plot itself is a young actress from the East Coast who's out in Hollywood for the first time. She gets an Airbnb in a classic Art Deco apartment in the heart of Hollywood that is dazzling to her, and it has a dark history that includes, of course, the story that we've just told about the first movie star of all time and her tragic end. Um, And in the original version of the short, Violet, the main character, actually found out how Florence died. Instead of walking out the door, you know, the way it plays now. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the way it plays now, uh, she's ignorant to sort of how Florence met her end, which ultimately seemed like a better choice, you know, for for us to be ahead of her. Right. There's some um, dramatic tension there. Yeah. There's you, some dramatic tension. You know what I? And, the, well, yes. I
1: was. was going to say the the the, the I, I I don't remember if the character was even named but Brian, the the, the gentleman who tours the apartment with her, yes. is so great and so unassuming. And I just isn't love, he amazing? Yeah, I you know I have a I have a friend who would do this kind of shtick too, where he would kind of roll out this very very sort of aw kind of unassuming sort of perspective on the world, but he would tell these urban legend tales like they were real. And then, you know, the punchline would come and you would go, oh, my God, I can't believe I just heard this story. But I sort of felt like the same thing where he was sort of like kind of stringing her along almost by by like, you know, telling her the story of Florence Lawrence. And then it was just it was a great device. It was just such a wonderful device to have him in that really unassuming uh unassuming way kind of just, just dribbling out little bits and pieces of Florence Lawrence right. to this this young woman who was already, you know, clearly, you know, she she was she was absolutely willing to take on the the fright.
0: Yeah. And uh I think the other I
1: yeah I, I think one of the other big components
0: to your film was that you revealed to the to uh the the audience that that this is your apartment building Right, and that it was the upstairs uh, apartment from you it was actually the uh, the apartment where Florence Lawrence lived and died. Is that correct?
2: Right. Yes. Oh no, she actually did not truly live in that apartment. That to say. Oh, oh, oh I, I oh. wish I was able to sneak in there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I. She actually lived and died not far from there. I mean. Uh, she lived and died uh near what's now an extremely trendy area called the melrose triangle which is um, the location of earth cafe i think that some episodes of entourage have taken place there i mean it's, okay yeah. it's really what what has ended up being um a very desirable area but which i think in when florence was alive it was a kind of the ass end of nowhere, so to speak, within right. Hollywood.
1: Um, <laughs> now did David yeah, no, Schwimmer so, Did David Schwimmer live in that
2: area? That was a, or, nice, <laughs> that was
1: a nice needle. He out. did?
2: Was, <laughs> did he really? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, awesome. No, no, oh, that's awesome. I know that's bizarre, but it's so <laughs> it's like the the true claim to fame about the and and it's one of the things that I loved about kind of weaving these weird dimensions of truth and fiction It's like there are these notes of of fame having touched that, you know that block that landlord the real landlord that that ryan mcguire's character is based on uh-huh. um it is, is rather similar to, to brian in a lot of ways and has a ton of lore mm-hmm. about the neighborhood because he grew up there um oh cool i think he was born on that block in the 60s okay and you know and has seen a lot of famous faces come and go from that area and so you know i mean as somebody of course who who moved into the area when i was an aspiring filmmaker and, and now a kind of continuing you know filmmaker uh it it was part of the kind of like um you know the the weaving the kind of magic uh and and you know making making possibility and 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 uh limitless horizons uh, seem so exciting and i i hope that that you know that that all sort of felt present for for the audience as they were watching the oh, 100%. movie
0: 100 yeah absolutely
1: I, okay that, great. absolutely no brian brian really sells it i mean he's 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 really Excellent. he's really great i just love the setup now was he was he a uh was he a, f- a friend a fellow film student uh he's he... a friend of a friend okay, um okay he
2: yeah a uh, uh, friend and sort of sometime co-writer of mine uh jesse who's also a filmmaker um, and a kind of multi-hyphenate artist, has been buddies with Brian for many years now. Okay, And Brian um, is Brian continuing in. to act, um, but his big claim to fame was something called In Search of a Midnight Kiss, which was a really great indie from 2008. Okay. It was a very like, lo-fi, black and white, um, romantic comedy that was all kind of shot On the streets of Hollywood, Um, but it's very charming and and really well constructed.
1: I was going to say, get that guy an agent now. Stat. (laughs) I know, right? Get Brian an agent. Yeah. Well,
2: you know, I I think we we should
0: probably uh, make strong mention that the reason why we were actually having this conversation is that we found this short film. Exceedingly scary.
1: Oh yeah, I, right. yeah, I think that's My God, yeah. That's that's a great point, Eric. I, I we I, we totally skipped I, over I, I this because because I you know we were talking before the before we jumped on the, the 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 phone the phone with Tim here. You know, a lot of what you get uh, if you if you are a regular watcher uh, or attendee of a horror film festival is you go to these horror film festivals and they do these short blocks, and invariably the shorts fall into two categories, which are really artsy and inaccessible and really jokey and oftentimes very mm-hmm. very very funny and they do hit the nail on the head but there's very little in between and the funny thing I guess is that you don't have a lot of scares in the horror shorts because you know it's it's yeah. I think it's a, I think it's an incredible I think it's an incredible task to be able to set up a scare in such a short period of time and when it's done it's amazing, and this this one was really legitimately frightening.
0: Well, and I think that a lot of that for me was uh, all of the audio cues. I yeah, think, uh, and and I I will I will scold films for using <laughs> cheap unnecessary jump scares. Right, right, <laughs> I, right. I, okay. I, I hate it when you get. You know the classic look around your shoulder, and then you get like a crash of violins, right? And it's like yeah. boo, and just glam. That is the that's the PG thirteen way since they can't use violence that we're gonna go out and we're just gonna lo- scare you with a loud bang. Now, your film actually manages in two really significant sound cues. One is the is the old analog phone that yep. rings, and it is so archaic now <laughs> that it's it, and the, the it's you forget, disturbing
1: in and yeah, of itself. That, yeah. The,
0: and and you realize that, that the telephone bell needs to be loud because you have to, you, because it's stuck in one place in the house and you need to hear it anywhere in your, right. Right. In, in your living uh, unit. And like where your cell right. phones, you don't, you don't dial them up to the old to 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 what the way that the old phones were and so now it's just like the the, the mere act of, of phone ringing can make you jump um, <laughs> but also Isn't the that back- nuts? The, you know it is. Yeah, that the the and and it, it helps that like the phone wasn't there and it's like what is the it's like it's a ghost phone so that right. that that helps right. and then the other thing was the the audio drops of the stomping and the uh you know i think the the highly amplified you know the the angry angry Florence Lawrence ghost stomping on the floor in anger because she's not getting the call that she wants. Mm-hmm. Right until until our uh, our our protagonist is clever enough to impersonate uh, uh, someone representing uh, Mister. Demille. I like <laughs> I like that drop. It's like Mister. Demille would like to meet with you, but she could barely get it out because she's you know of scared half to death. And, right. But the the that 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 tension of okay she's our our heroine is sort of piecing it together can she get the ghost out of the house in time to get out and did she buy herself enough time and uh you'll have to see the short film for yourself to find out if it's that's right if it if it happens or not but it was it it was this for you know i i think with a with a short film i mean at a certain point there are only so many things you can say about it without spoiling it because the True. Right. What is the runtime of this thing? Is like thirteen minutes. Eighteen minutes. Eighteen. 18 minutes? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a it's a fairly compact uh, story, the but the 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 build is terrific and the you know the makeup of the Florence Lawrence ghost is terrific, and there were I think there were four of us sitting side by side. So Mike and I, yeah. Uh, one of one of uh, uh my friend Jerry, who's part of the uh, horror movie trivia with me, yeah. Awesome. And then his buddy who was. Uh he's actually Michael Rooker's nephew. Oh <laughs> no kidding. And he knows and apparently he's Darren Lynn yeah. connection or something right, like right, that. Right, right. Oh so wow. The, the four of us were sitting together and we looked at each other and was like that was scary. <laughs> 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 it, that is a rare thing. I think like in, in every is. festival, I I think to to be to be fair to a lot of the, the festivals, uh Portland Horror Film Festival, we had seventy-eight.
1: Yeah. short films, something like that. Um, yeah. Whoa,
0: and and so you know, there, this one, this one was sort of tops amongst the, you know, did this thing actually scare me? Yes, mm-hmm. um, but there will always be a few. I think that yeah, like the, 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 the Mike is right. There's a lot of them that are kind of like art art school projects, or it's like hey, it's right. it's, it's, it's claymation, or it's a music video, or it's and then there would be some of them which and one of my I will admit one of my favorite ones this year was was. Uh, it called what was it? Um, it was one long. Oh, it's called her release, and, and it was
2: her release. Fart humor.
0: <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was like killed by. A fart. Never gets old. Oh man, right. uh, never we were, gets old. We were howling about that, and the, and the, and and that's to, to Mike's point, where sometimes that they, that they, they, that if you find the one comic hitch, it's like that's all you need. You just need one yep. one little hook, or the one scary hook. I think last year, I think. Uh, uh, killing of small animals was one where I almost couldn't make it to the finish line. I just right. couldn't. It Whoa. was just so brutal, because um, you knew where it was going, and just like, are they going to do it? Are they? Oh,
1: geez, you know. But so, so Tim, yeah. The I, I'm curious because one of one of the other one of the other things I think you see with a lot of the, the the horror shorts, and and I think Eric was getting some of this is that a lot of the horror shorts, um, you see them and you say, oh, this is definitely a proof of concept idea, mm-hmm. uh, ver- versus a lot of the, the feature length films you see at some of the, some of the smaller film festivals, you go, boy, that really would have been much, much better if they shaved off, you know, 60 minutes and called it a horror short. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. was this, w- was this ever in your mind, maybe a proof of concept for a larger film? I guess film? the answer
2: is maybe. Yeah. Okay. I mean, cause I could definitely it, it see certainly... that happen. Great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think that something I've learned from the process of trying to adapt a short into a feature is that like, there's such different animals. And yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah. you know, I, I think that while I certainly want this, you know, I mean, this was something where I was moving out of that particular apartment and I had wanted to shoot this thing ever since I moved into it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I thought, well, now or never. Right. Yeah, and yep. so, um, you know, I, I made sure that it happened with a tiny, tiny crew Um, you know, to be COVID safe. And we were all getting repeatedly tested throughout the process. It was just two weekends. So so it it wasn't really, it wasn't too labor intensive in terms of COVID safety. Um, But, uh, you know, it it was something where I thought, I I think rather than, you know, because there was an opportunity to say, well, I could delay it and shape it to be closer to a proof of concept if I had more clarity about how the future would unfold. Mm-hmm, right. And I thought, you know what, I, I have a really clear sense of how this works as a short, and so I'm just going to shoot from the hip okay. and make that happen, you know. And, and I have since, I mean, you know, as it's, um, you guys, are, by the way, I just have to say, are unbelievably generous in <laughs> in, your, in your compliments about it. And mostly I'm just like, I just can't tell you how like, incredible it is to have made this thing on a shoestring as I was mentioning I mean like we used a you know a furniture dolly from Home Depot to move the camera around and you know I mean it was largely a two-man crew it was largely myself and and Ben Pizer who's a, a UCLA classmate and a writer director himself extremely talented he made a wonderful horror comedy called Ghost Team One a few years ago that you should definitely check out all right um but um in any event you know it's it's just incredible that it it it, it hangs together because for me it's like still like made you know with chewing gum and baling wire I mean it's like this <laughs> yeah. really homegrown thing well there's, there's um
0: I, I think now how long in gestation because this one sounds like you that that you went fairly quickly from concept to to execution I know that there are some horror short directors who they they spend their entire life savings on, <laughs> right. on 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 something so that they can go out to Palm Springs and shoot in some derelict gas station and you know oh my you know th- you know those kinds right. of things you hear the stories of that you know, that they that they've been doing you know they that it took them five years because they have a day job and that you know they're trying to do things on right. weekends and 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 there's you know I think the that's the, the the nobility of the people who have the the perseverance to actually do the the short films I don't know if you were on the same short block panel as uh there was a woman it was she was a lot of the tinder tango director were you on the i did not see okay. that one unfortunately um she was she was a she was a scream to listen to, so funny but they were talking because she was talking about oh the reason why this special effect happened was i had a boom mic that was in the shot and so we turned decided to turn the boom mic into a shadowy hand because <laughs> awesome. she would have to edit it out and then she was learning how to do the uh the video productions all by herself and she had to spend the money on the software. She didn't have an editing team. So she, you know, and and those are the kinds of those great stories about the, the short film directors where you really have to get, you have to do everything for your, for your little, little films. And yeah. And then every now and again, you'll find an Ari Aster. Right. Right. I mean, that's that's the, that's the aspiration. They're kicking around. And you go to the next level. You know, I think it's funny that there's some, but sometimes if you're not careful, like one i think one of the all time great horror shorts was um Lights Out. Yeah yeah. Uh, scary sure. as fuck, right? Yeah. That thing is just like that, that is that they is like, it's like lights off lights on. Oh my god, it's going to it's going to get <laughs> you. You know, that's like simple simple idea. Yeah. And then they tried to turn it into a feature film and it sucked. <laughs> um and, you know, and sim- <laughs> I I just not- got notification on uh oh, Shutter. Lights Out too? No. Oh. Uh but there was oh. there was a movie that I saw at one of the festivals um, um and it's and, and Shudder just announced that it's going to be and I it was on the 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 name of it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll get back to it. But yeah, I know yeah. that, I know that uh, mm-hmm. uh that they, they've they've gone from it was an exorcism. It oh, was okay. an exorcism that they were a bunch of charlatans and actually their their most recent one is actually a real exorcism and the devil's really there. Okay. And they've decided to turn that into a feature film. It's like Good Luck Fellas, because yeah, yeah. it was a great it was a great horror short can you pull off yeah. the full feature? I know right, that, that right, right. there's a lot of there's like proof of concept could really work, but
2: it's like, yeah. a big jump
0: from a 20-minute thing to a two-hour thing. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that for me, what I've learned across years of, of trying to write features and and you know, uh, obviously going down a lot of blind alleys with that is understanding that, like, you know, a feature cannot play on a gag. I mean, like that just simply right. is not going <laughs> to even a even a sub 90 minute feature isn't going to work that way. Right. What a feature really trades on is is character to me above all else. I mean, that's my own kind of druthers when it comes to a, a full length movie. And, and obviously, you know, if you have a strong enough character, uh, a, 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 usually a character that is extremely well drawn can carry an entire TV series on their shoulders. So, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you kind of want to start you want to start at that as a as a bare minimum as who is this about rather than what is the gag. Um yes. you know, and and what are was the experience that you're going to take that character through and why does it matter, right? I mean, right. that's really right. And and gags are are not only secondary, they're going to gags will suggest themselves if you've done that character work correctly. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like yep. that they'll they will be a natural emanation of of the character story that you've created so you know should i if i mean i i definitely have a a, a real desire to 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 make another feature it's just um i'm still trying to figure out exactly what the character story would be if, if i were to expand hello into, okay. into something larger well, let me um, let me
1: offer if I win the Powerball this weekend, I am totally yeah. willing to finance Florence Lawrence the feature-length film. <laughs> hello, hello the feature-length film. You're too much. <laughs>
2: Trust me. Do I mean talk about a literal blank check? You know, <laughs> right. I mean don't don't write that. You can't <laughs> I, cash. It. It's, it's been
0: it's now been recorded. Yes, if, that's if, right. If have so if you it's ever on need the to go back it. to it, you can go back to our exactly. podcast. Exactly. Exactly. So what? Legally so, binding.
1: But that is a good segue. So what
2: what is next? What is next for you? I am actually going to be working on, God, I mean, this is just to give away the game. I'm sure. actually in the pre- preparing to shoot a proof of concept short okay. as we speak. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've written it and I've, I've actually done some animated previews for it, uh-huh. which is um, a, f- a really fun thing to do. I, I used a program called Shot Pro, which is very lo-fi and, and very intuitive. I'm not a software guy, but it was mm-hmm. really fun to do. Um, and it's inspired by a Michigan urban legend that was pitched to me by Emmy James, who's the lead actress of Hello. Oh, right, um, right, right. So she and I are going to reteam to do this book of concept, Um, that's based on this urban legend that she it, – it's a dare. And similar to Bloody Mary, takes place outdoors. It involves like honking a car horn and taunting a woman – who lost her baby in the frozen cold? Of- <laughs> <And> so <laughs> oh, uh, obviously, that's a great idea, right? Yeah, so <laughs> um, th- that's that is the thread that Emmy's character is going to tug on, and uh, I, you guys will be the first to see the rest of it. Awesome. Hey. Awesome. That sounds great. Right,
1: see? That sounds great. Insider insider yes, trading that's right. right here. That's right. That's right. I'm willing, I'm willing to finance that one,
2: too.
0: Oh, you're Mike, too kind. Well, <laughs> we'll
2: have a crowdfunding campaign for that. We'll be rattling the cans. So. What we're right, going to have right.
0: to do is, is feed feed Mike a, a couple of $5 bills. So I know. i got to start buying the next some equipment. Powerball tickets. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, as opposed to I think. Hey, I, you can't I, I, win if you don't play, right? That's right. Isn't right that what that's, that's right. right. Where do I you, say that there once a week. I say that at least Mike twice will, a week. Michael put his to a generous cause. <laughs> I think I would flee to Tahiti. So
1: uh, take me with you. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Yeah. Well, that's that sounds awesome. I mean, yeah, I uh, 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 you know there is certainly no shortage of urban legend films. I mean, I, I think that's we're yeah. still
0: due to do an urban legend. We have uh, we have
1: not done yeah we haven't even covered urban legend or, on the podcast
2: yeah or, uh, or urban, crypto yeah. crypto
0: stuff
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah because yeah it's just it's like I'm a, a huge it, fan personally yeah I think that they, I love sort of um what to say modern lore yeah you know what I mean exactly, there's something yeah. about that I I mean I I feel a connection to certain folk tales but not a lot but I feel really connected to just weird underground phenomena from from the 20th century you know because because that. Somehow I guess the pre internet era, people could claim things like, you know, about the paranormal and you really couldn't verify. You know what right. I mean? You couldn't and, you, and you, that was not knowing was so fun. Yeah. You couldn't verify it. You couldn't research it. You you, right. you, couldn't, you
1: couldn't gather more information. You couldn't gather alternate viewpoints. Well, it was what you just could like, do
2: is you could go to the
0: haunted house itself.
1: Well, true. There that's you go. Exactly. True. Which is what you had Spit to. the wheel. Exactly what you had to do. Exactly what you Only had to do. Only one way to know.
0: Right. Tim. Um, it was so good to have you on board. We love, we love, uh, this is all part of the horror community. Um, when, when we get, uh, we're all, you know, it's like small independent uh, uh, press, meet small independent filmmakers, meet small independent film festival. Match made in heaven. That's
1: right. We get Thanks for coming on, guys, I am honored. Yes. Yes. Thank you again. Thank you again.
2: Oh, thank you.